The Kern Institute Podcast Network. Episode of Medic, Medical Education in Countryside Communities, where we have discussions about educating future physicians in smaller, more rural uh, environments. Today, uh, we are joined by Heather Roth. Welcome, Heather. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. We're excited to have a conversation with you about what got you to MCW and, and kind of your background and, and what you know things about education excite you and all those kinds of good things. So let's start with the story, Heather's story. Um, How did you end up in, in this field? Yeah, um, I actually was working at Marshall Clinic doing continuing medical education. Um, and I saw the opening and I'd been there in, in that role for a while. And it was, it was good, but I definitely was looking for like something new and a challenge. And I just saw the opening and I was like, I don't know, man, this is like a little, little skill in a world, like throw her in there. And um, right. yeah, I don't know. It was really great timing and I was just really grateful for the opportunity. So how did you end up in Marshfield then? Were, I mean, have you been in, did you get a degree in education? Have, did you, or what, yeah. what, what pulled you into sure, education? We'll take her back. We'll yeah. take her back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I went to college at Winona State University okay. in Minnesota. Yep. Um, my degrees are actually human resources and business admin. So this was not on the docket. Right, right. But it's kind of funny because growing up, I was like, I want to be a hospital administrator. Oh, wow. But I didn't know anything about what that was or entailed. And now I would probably never want to do that. But, <laughs> okay, you know, yeah, yeah, no. That's a big job. But right. um, nope. So that's uh, the road I took. And it was more because like the people focused. And that's gotcha. the part that's important to me is like, I saw my parents like growing up, one of them had a job they loved and you could see and you could tell and it made everything a lot better right. and then another parent who did not and it was like it was pretty miserable and then it just spills into other things sure and yeah so I was like I want to work with people and not only because like I like working with people but because I want to be someone who can make a workplace or an environment like good oh, so awesome. people yeah hopefully want to be there yeah, like, yeah however I can try to contribute to that because it makes a big impact in your whole life gotcha right? yeah so you sought opportunities after you're getting your degree to kind of take jobs that would afford you those opportunities yeah. to do that kind of stuff and then that just led you to Marshfield and then yeah, no, first, yeah. yeah, we went to, I was at the Make-A-Wish Foundation oh, wow, okay. yep, for five years, like between our Appleton office, and then there is one in Milwaukee too, so both okay. of those, and then uh, Leukemia Lymphoma Society in Milwaukee too. My husband was going to school at MSOE okay. uh, during the Milwaukee parts of those jobs. Yep, so we moved um, back home, actually, it's like Chile, which is just outside of Marshfield. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, I know Chile. <laughs> yep, Um it was so exciting. It's like our first house. Um, I started working for Marshall Clinic there okay. in Marshfield gotcha. doing like CME, continuing medical education. So like working with go. doctors. Um, right. Yeah. Like continuing their education through different uh, like conferences or grand rounds or all the different opportunities. Um, so I was doing that for a while. And then we moved over to Appleton actually for my husband's job. Mm -hmm. And I stayed working with them remotely. Like before it was cool. Like before, before COVID. Before it was like, cool to be remote. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
and uh, I don't know, I really appreciated that um, from them too. And then we actually moved up here for my husband's job. I worked at the Statine Center for Marshfield mm-hmm. Clinic just sure. down the road here. And I don't know, we just had our second baby and I just like needed, because like having a newborn and a toddler wasn't enough. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> sure what the... <laughs> But uh, no, I just gave it a whirl and I felt like so good in the interview and the vibe um, was great. And I had an incredible team that I worked with at Marshfield Clinic. And so it's hard because it's like, do you leave this team that is super incredible and try something new? Do you stay where it's comfortable? You know, but I was like, let's sure give her a shot. So well, yeah, well, we talk a lot about character development, and that's definitely a character yeah. development opportunity, right? Yeah. To be brave and to right. venture off onto something else, even though something is pretty solid and good as well yes. by its own. So that's cool. Yeah. So the reason I wanted to talk to you today, too, is because when I was talking to Dr. Ellen Schumann, mm-hmm. um, we were discussing her retirement and, and, and her process of yeah. getting involved with MCW, and she mentioned your name, that you had been one of the kind of founders, so to speak, of the campus. So that was one of you know, the big things. I was like, oh, I should talk to Heather because, you know, so people can understand what it means to be, exist on yeah. a smaller campus. And like, so the Michael College of Wisconsin, Central Wisconsin campus has been fortunate to have someone like yourself from the beginning. So tell us a little bit about what that was like coming into a I mean, you said you were at a place that was comfortable and kind of uh-huh. everything was established to, to this brave jump into this new thing. So tell us a little bit, what, what what's that been like? Um, it was wild. And uh, Kelly was the only other, Kelly Mulder was the only other coordinator at that time. And she's now our campus administrator. Loved her. Like right off the bat, we just like connected and we worked super well together. Um, so we matriculated like in July. I started just after Thanksgiving and was working more so on like the second year where our students go into clerkship mm-hmm. um, and their second year sciences and then going into clerkship for that first summer. Did not know just even anything, really. Right. Uh, yeah. And I worked pretty closely with uh, Dr. Jake Pernuski and he was like the leader, the guider of here's what we need to try to do mm-hmm. and here's whatever and just like going, going at it. And I think it was, it was really cool in that Jake gave a lot of like he believes in people. I think he like mm-hmm. trusts people. Like he's not a micromanager. It's like, do your thing. Um, so I really appreciated that. And Kelly was so knowledgeable and had like such a strategic approach for things. Um, and with CME, I had experience like working yeah. more so with physicians and that kind of thing. So, but I did not have any like higher ed experience mm-hmm. and like Kelly had that as well. So she made it really like it was very chaotic and wild. Sure, right. Anything new, right? Bumpy. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) anything new, right? Yeah. It was a little wild. And I mean, being new to this area and having, you know, we're not a big academic institution Mm -hmm. here. We are fueled by community providers. Yeah. And that's who we're going to become our preceptors. Right. Some of them do it, some of them didn't. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. Um, People have time and they don't have time. Kind of right. Thing, yeah. And it was uh, so like a lot of the recruiting and just the initial stuff of getting these people up to speed on like, who are we? What are we trying to do? How can we work together? Um, some of these, the folks didn't come to smaller areas to do teaching or academics. Sure. Though. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, and I feel like we've won over a lot of those people through our incredible students. Students are what sell it. So 
you have like the learning objectives and all like the official whatever education yeah. accreditation stuff but when you have like this bright-eyed student coming into your office they want to learn literally everything from you yeah. they're just like so jazzed so fueled with like i want to know everything i want to learn everything i want to be great now yeah that's exactly right not <laughs> span of time like just give me everything you got here today um to have them come in i think they are what made those relationships or like what sealed the deal and a lot of those situations is just getting them out there and working with people because we have incredible students here and a lot of them do have like the very local, very yeah. rural or yeah. the Midwest like connections. And I think that our community preceptors especially appreciate yeah. that. Okay. You know, like I'm going to be working or like training someone who does get it, is from here, has connections, has ties, and not someone probably will not at all stay here. Right. And that's always a challenge, right? Because there's a sense of I want to achieve becoming a doctor and I have to balance that with the decision of where I'm gonna be a doctor yes. yeah so that can be a challenge i am curious you mentioned being the cme mm -hmm. involved so you were at the other end of the spectrum right. so to speak and yeah yeah so this is so it's <laughs> I, I caught that and i wanted to That's ask good. you tell us a little bit of then what's like so you become an education coordinator right yep. here on campus but first tell us okay i'm at this end of the spectrum uh -huh. dealing with these experienced physicians yeah and now I'm at the other end of the spectrum uh -huh. dealing with emerging physicians. Yeah. What's what do you, what's the biggest notice in terms of differences are are, are... nearly the same. New, interesting. Not, but, right. but I mean the, a lot of the personality traits I feel like are really similar. Right. So it was just seeing like those seasoned physicians that I was working little baby versions of themselves <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah. I don't know it was kind of crazy because there was I feel like a lot of similarities or personality kind of stuff yeah. um and then just differences in the they don't know you know like they're just coming in here new right. some of them right. have like background of being a nurse or whatever but they're coming in and they're used to being on the top right sure. of like undergrad of high school of whatever yeah like a lot of our students aren't on the top yeah. right, of all the things yeah. And then you come here and it's more so an even playing ground. Yep. yep. And everyone here is the top person. Yeah. And I think that's like unsettling and uncomfortable, sure. which I can totally sure. understand. And so I feel like, you know, like the confidence or like the imposter part of it mm -hmm. was definitely what stuck out between like experienced physicians and, gotcha. and medical students. But but again, that's what we're trying to develop, right? Yes. That sense of confidence as you progress, yeah. as you emerge into your identity as a physician yeah yes. definitely so that's and, and notably in general we see that in education right like when students are valedictorians at um their school right mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden all the valedictorians go to the same school so to speak right. and, yeah. and, the, and, the, and it's, it's it, and another analogy as i've heard is being a college athlete and then going to the pros and everything just the pace gets picked up yes. the amount of content increases and all that so, yeah and the level of competition yeah and, and that's something we talk about too and right in terms of producing as you said a culture a climate where people can come to work and be happy yeah. and not feel like they're competing with one another too right. so that's and i think our campus is like really incredible at that like our cohorts i feel like do get to that point pretty quickly mm -hmm. And like, like there's some like here and there because sure. um, these are all competitive people yep, and that's yeah. kind of how they got here. Yeah. But um, for the most part, it is a, let's do this together. Let's figure it out together. 
So I think for me, it still surprises me today is seeing those folks like not be as confident because like these are incredible or like even that man. It is amazing, right? Like right. so nervous about yeah. their match. And I'm like, I can totally appreciate um, but you're like nervous about this, but why? Like you are so good. I know, so I know it is, it is it's just yeah. strange. Uh it is. To I know see the doubt, I guess, because yeah. um, well, I don't know, like we all doubt ourselves yep. or we all right, yep. whatever. And to me though, like none of our students should doubt anything like they got what it takes yeah and i wonder how much that is like a sense of surrealness about like i can't believe this is happening to me Right, I don't um, know if when that sets in. Like, yeah. I would love to, yeah, ask a it's, student that. Of, or, yeah, is it, is it a sense of, do I deserve this? Or is it a sense of, wow, this is unreal? Students have definitely shared the, do I deserve this? Or there's other people, or I took a spot, or nice. some of those comments. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you, you know, like, yeah. it was hard for me to hear, understand that. Because, like, you earned your spot. You right. deserve it. Right. Like, you're here because you you did the work, you right. did the things, and you're here because of you and we're so glad that you're here exactly I mean that's actually echoing uh what I heard from Grace Wittenberg who's one of our M1s yes just started last fall um but the big thing that drew her to hear this campus the central Wisconsin campus was the sense of community not only as a mission of the campus to be involved in the community but just this support system she's mentioning and she was describing how she over the course of the first year felt that that got stronger and stronger on the relationship building with the faculty and and staff grow stronger and stronger so I think that makes a big difference it does you know and this is like this is hard this is no joke and especially being um like three-year accelerated Mm -hmm. it's very difficult and I think even if you you know some of our students have like spouses or partners or family that they're really close with but it's not the same. Like you yeah. don't understand as much. Like they can explain, oh my gosh, you know, like I just had a 10 hour day in clinic and now I have to study for this ginormous exam mm-hmm. tomorrow. I don't know. They were able to, I think our students, because of the close and the community, they get that with each other through each yeah. other and they support each other. And they know they have all those great external people, but um, to have someone who truly gets it and is cheering for you between their cohorts and the staff and faculty is awesome. So that then brings me to wonder your role as a as an education coordinator. Um, describe a little bit about what that entails in terms of doing it on a smaller sure. campus. So, love it. Yeah. I just love it. It's the summer, like a quick summary. Um, and early, we went back to like starting early. It was crazy and it was wild coming into this. And then uh, when Dr. Ellen Schumann was hired in to do clerkship, um, I just she's probably one of the most incredible people I've ever worked with, That's and great. her contributions to this campus are like indescribable, truly. Um, and I've just learned a ton personally from her, and I just love her. But. I, Oh, oh, great. That's so, awesome. I mean, that's awesome, right? That you get that you're you're achieving what you want to help achieve, right? Yeah. So that's awesome to have those close relationships. But continue. Yes, yeah. So I'm going from a coordinator to now like in a manager role. I it's like how to make the things go, or like how do you put what our incredible physician, PhD, like our scientist yeah. faculty, how do you take all that great stuff that they have and like do it? You know, like, how do you get it to the finish line or how do you right. get it to like a product for the student where um, it can make sense and help them and all the stuff that they're doing. So like the details and the logistics and the coordination team that we have is just amazing. 
and I love them and like the energy that they have and everything they bring to the table. They're so competent. Um, they do such a great job and they're just really fun. Like, it's the, like, <laughs> that's the great. I mean, that's great. I, got, yeah. oh, I think people are listening. I'm going to be like, man, I want to come and work with yeah, her. Right. You know, I, mean, I work there. So that's, well, and that's part of the story that we're, one of the reasons we're getting our voice out there too, through, through the podcast is it, hopefully there's, you know, as you said earlier, there's, there's a doctor who might be considering moving to a more sure. rural environment and is perhaps considering education, although you said oftentimes that maybe isn't the case because... Yeah, hopefully um, now it's becoming... Well, right, right, and having the campus here, yeah. right, that changes everything, it of does. course. And, and so it might just have been of accessibility. And yeah. now hopefully we're enticing people through the just being here and saying, yeah. hey, I never thought about being a medical educator. So... You did mention there was the, that initial challenge of yeah. having preceptors. So tell us a little bit about that challenge. Yeah. And I just like being new, it's that, you know, those guys are so overwhelmed already. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot going on. They have so many priorities to juggle. I feel like, you know, the super large majority want to do this and they realize like someone helped train them and they want to like oh, yeah. help, you know, pay it forward right. and train someone. And I can appreciate how difficult it is because it does add like time and work right. to people who are already probably like over yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think our partners are the best, like our healthcare partners, and that they've also taken it upon them to like help set that tone and that atmosphere of education and however they could like because right smaller areas typically the health systems aren't as known for that mm-hmm. um but they want that to be the culture and they like do are doing real things to make that be the culture um and Aspirus has been I mean like they are our biggest partner and we couldn't be more grateful for them and I mean we truly are partners who are like working together um, so was there a little little trick to the trade that you discovered to get over that challenge? Or this, what? It is just the students. Just oh, get them out there. Get them, out, get there. them out there. Gotcha. And so in other words, you might have a person who... Uh, it could potentially be a preceptor being a little bit hesitant. Like, yeah. ah, and you say, know. you know what? No problems. We're going to start you with uh, one of our M2 courses is called Splice. It's just like, uh, there's a couple different blocks to it, but it's like a half day in clinic, usually with a subspecialist. Okay. Um, so not like the core kind of clerkship, but subspecialty people. And it's like, how about we just try this? This is like six half days. That's like easy peasy, easy right? Like over it. six. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then that's like we try to lure them. Or like through clinical apprenticeship, yeah. which is the first year clinical part. And that is, you know, a half day a week, but it's over the whole year um, with primary care. And gotcha. that's how we did win a lot of them over is because that's what our, you know, our first class, our students yeah. started with which led into clerkship and the other rotations. But so it sounds like getting over that, uh, if I'm, if I was going to be a preceptor yeah, and I'm a little bit hesitant about taking on another responsibility, it's yep. kind of maybe getting over that little bit of a mental hurdle of how much of a responsibility yes. is this? And you're saying, we got all the sizes. You want little, you want medium, you want big. Perfect. Like, right, right. Yeah. Right, right. And that's a, a perk of a small campus is you can tailor that. So if a preceptor says like, I need a break. I need a whatever. Yep. No problem. We'll check back in with you. If they say, um, yeah, I do want a a medium one. Sure. Here's what we got for you. And I think it's always like, we're always asking and not assuming with our preceptors. Beautiful. And I think that like alone shows a level of like appreciation and respect, I hope. And that we're just, yeah, we're never assuming we're always, is this okay? You're good. Like good time. Is this workout? Whatever. 
like we have the best we have the best partners we have the best preceptors yeah, we have the best good place but like, well i mean that, so i was gonna ask you like what excites you about your job I, I think i know the answer already but um it sounds a lot like relationships and especially relationships with the students so have you had an experience in which it just was overwhelming like it was like wow i'm so happy for this student yeah. they they Maybe they were struggling in the beginning and, and you were able to work with them and get them to a good place. And then you see them at graduation. Yes, and... it'll make me want to cry right now. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, even for like our best students who don't have as much trouble or as whatever, like having them like come through the other end is incredible. Yeah. Having our students who have really struggled and you've seen them like grow and mature and the word I'm looking for. Perseverance. Perseverance, Perseverance. yes, yes. yes. Um, but they've just like... They, they could have walked out. They mm -hmm. could have like, I don't know. They stuck with it and they were passionate about it and they knew that's what they wanted to do. And they like did the things and gave the sweat and tears in one bajillion hours to like make it happen. And match day is the best day of the year. Nice. Right, right, yeah, right, right, right. So you see all your hard work, kind of, everyone's hard work, yeah. you know, yours included, right, to get to that point. And... Yeah, like the whole team effort, you know, like the yeah. students, but um, yeah, the team, I guess, behind them and just seeing them like move on to the next chapter and know that you were like a teeny tiny part of that yeah. is the best. Well, it sounds like you go home and do one of those little happy dances. Sometimes oh. I do that little like, ah, yes. you know, yeah. Yes. yeah. And they're like, their yeah. joy is our joy. Yeah. And right. when you see them succeed and do well, and then you're feeling great when you see them have a tough exam, they have so many different things that they need to go through and they struggle. And then you feel, you know, like you struggle with them kind of. I know you you, you also uh, work with the wellness, the well-being and yeah. so you're, you're making me think of that because of course, you're talking about a lot of stress. Sure. This whole yeah. process. When things aren't going so well, I mean, yeah. not not maybe for you personally, or maybe as a campus, or maybe as individual students. Is there? Do you have another trip to the trade that you kind of picked up on by leading this wellness, well-being? Yeah, we definitely want to do, or I want to do a lot more of it now that we're fully staffed. I think mm -hmm. you know, hopefully, that will be something we can focus more on. But I think the easiest trick is or tip is like you pick each other up and when you see mm -hmm. someone else down and like with our coordination team if someone is overwhelmed they got a lot going on everyone is how can I help what can I do like everyone is looking out for each other and everyone like genuinely wants to help so how do you how do you get your personally how do you get your energy levels back up I mean, I'm assuming it sounds like there's the times people. where you're just like oh, just the people like, just, just the people are yeah. yourself yep and, and I don't know like between yeah the the people that I work with are the students like they know where they can sense or whatever and you'll get like a super nice email yeah. or like oh my gosh I like hurt my ankle a couple months ago and they like got me flowers in a card so you know what would be a couple like take-home messages you want the audience to know about doing what you do on a smaller you know, more rural campus like this that would kind of maybe help them if they're thinking about working on a smaller campus or maybe even opening up their own campus or um... for me it's like where where people care about you Okay. Um, where people like want you to succeed. And like, I love that I, like, I know some of our students, like our whole, all of our staff and faculty, right? Like yeah. we have like relationships with some of these students that we like know kind of what's going on or they'll share things and we'll be able to help them or whatever. Um, so like, building those, so, so your, your first piece of wisdom would be think about how you're going to build those relationships yeah. in a way that's healthy and uh, equitable 
yeah and equal and all that yeah. so that's kind of what i'm hearing you say and it I, is yeah i mean the roles um like that i've had i'll be honest like they, they, there's a lot going on there's yeah. a lot uh it's always like a 12 out of a 10 probably for <laughs> what's happening and for me it's like if i don't have those relationships then maybe this isn't worth yeah isn't worth sure. some of them, or like sure. the efforts or whatever kind of stuff right. but we do have those relationships it is and like you said it is yeah how do you be a part of that and build those relationships like what do you want for your medical school experience as a student like do you want to be a part of a community do you want to have those relationships like the easier access to staff and faculty Um, the most adorable thing ever is like when we get uh, clinical evaluations Uh back from preceptors on students and they're like so you know nice comments nice comments like would love for them to be my colleague. I cannot wait to practice. Like, mm-hmm. I would just love to practice with that. Or like, comments like that. And you're just like, just, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I bet you're just crying. Yeah. Like, oh, it is. <laughs> it is. Like, that's, like, really powerful. Because yeah. um, that is what we're trying to do. And, like, I grew up in a really small town. And um, access to healthcare is hard. Right. And in more rural areas, I don't know if this is all, like, statistically true. This is all what, from my perception, yeah. is. It's your observation of the world. Yes. Is that, like, you have more people who are hesitant to go to the doctor. They're very intimidated to go to the mm-hmm. doctor. They're a ton of farmers who can't take the time off. Who right. They know once they go there, they're probably going to say, okay, well, your shoulder, you, know, you have a torn, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. We're going to need to lay up here for a little while. And they don't want to hear that. Yep. And nor do they have like the time or money or resources sometimes to like cover that. Right. Um, and to know that like any one of our students, I feel like could go in to those patient encounters and be like a real person with cool. those patients right? and like try to make them feel comfortable and safe and heard. And like, I'm not above you. You know, like, we're yeah, just, I just want to help you. Yeah. And, I, and that's, yeah, you got me thinking. So in the process of building these relationships or create and creating a campus where that can happen and yeah. all the stuff you've been telling the audience about in terms of good relationship development, um, how do you get away from the hierarchy? It's the attitude, I think, of the people who are like on the top. Or, you know what I mean? Like, sure. whoever I think is, whether it's fair or not, it feels like if they go into interactions of, I'm just on your level, we're just here, like, figuring this out, we're going to yeah. do this together, it makes a world of difference. Cool. So what you're saying is, if we develop that on, on our campus, as we seem to be successfully yes. doing, then that develops an attitude in which these emerging physicians get into the residency. Yes. And they're seeing their patients in yeah. the same way. And they carry into practice in that. Right. Okay. I people see want to talk to them. Right. Um, patients want to be honest with them. They right. want to, I don't know. I think it's open still, up. Open up because, yeah. you know, and I had imagined for a physician, it's far easier to care for and treat someone who's like open and honest rather than someone who's like nervous, scared, yeah, sure. like going to shut down here a little bit and, you know, maybe not share what I could or should be. Right. Um, so modeling that, so we, yes. your perception, what you've helped establish since being here is modeling that expectation of having a relationship that's conducive yes. to saying, hey, I, I don't really want to say this, but I need to tell you, doc, this is what happened to me, kind yes. of thing, not holding anything back, and right. that just starts, and I would imagine you've experienced, as I've experienced this in education, where when that student comes to you and says, I need to open up about this. Yeah. Right. And yeah. be able to model that so that they yeah. turn around and can do it with their patients. That's fantastic. So relationship building and doing it in a way that's conducive to to developing 
or showing how to develop a relationship. Yeah. So what else might you tell? What would be another tidbit of wisdom that you oh, would say? Gosh, I, I know, know, right? There's a lot I, in terms of this. So you got yeah. the relationship building. Um, and for like yeah. the students or anyone like considering medical education, like our campus is always open to tours or to direct out or any of those things. Um, but I also like uh, coming from a small town, like for all the rural like students out there, like you can do this. Like this is for people from small towns. Like gotcha. you, I mean, like in high school, like I didn't have a bajillion like AP option. Like we right, just yeah. started getting like a yeah. couple, like you had mentioned, yeah. you had some, like yeah. I think we had like two you know, like AP-ish courses that were like streamed and whatever, but right. like the opportunities are definitely different and hopefully I'm sure they've come a long way right. since then. But I just want like small town kids to know, like you can do this, this can be for you. You can be the person that gets this education and treats the people in your community that you care so much about. That's that's awesome. So I hear you saying and when to, to one section of the audience, hey, yeah, those being perhaps the leaders, uh, you know, the, the staff, the the physicians, the, the the other faculty involved, think about developing relationships. And on the student side of it, I hear you saying, have the confidence. Do it. Do it. Do it. I love it. I love it, Heather. Well, yeah. thank you for your positive energy that you bring every day to to this campus. Uh, it, it's it's been a joy talking to you. This is this is great. And uh, you know, we look forward to maybe other times we can have a conversation and. Keep on doing what you do because oh. it's, it's it's really really clear that it's a critical component of what we do here on well, this thank campus. You. Yeah, and you too. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Till next time, everybody. Oh, yeah. Well, welcome to another episode of Medic. I'm Dr. Jeff Amundsen. I am joined by Grace Wittenberg who is an M1 student here on the Central Wisconsin campus. Welcome, Grace. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, awesome. Glad to take Thanks for taking the time. I know it's a very busy life in being a medical student, so um, glad you could be here with us today. So, you know, we talk a lot on medic about medical education in countryside communities uh, because we want to understand what that means in terms of differences as opposed to going to a larger campus and things of that nature. And so we've been talking with various faculty um, here on the MCW Central Wisconsin campus uh, for the last few months. And uh, we're trying to then get everyone's perspective through that process. And so we thought, well, hey, why not talk to a M1 who just came on last year and has gone through, um, well, you're about done with your first year. Yeah, yeah. A couple months left. A couple months left. Awesome. So tell us about your journey to getting to medical school. I mean, you know, you're, you're now in this position as I define, or, or as Erickson, Eric Erickson, who's a, uh, who you might be familiar with. I know we've had conversations about psychology, but that uh, developing your identity and, and, and uh, you know, some have stretched his theory to include emerging adulthood. Um, so I like to kind of frame emerging physicians that way too, as mm -hmm. someone who's just starting out and getting to know the professions you are. So yeah, tell us, was was Grace Wittenberg always wanting to be a doctor? Was, 
well, wait, and how did you get to this point? And then we'll talk a little bit after that about uh, what's it been like this first year. So yeah, how'd you get here? Sure. So I'm from South Dakota originally, okay. to kind of give you background, um, Rapid City, which is a town similar to Wassa, about 70,000 people. Um, but we have a lot of surrounding communities that are very small. And so I grew up going to those smaller communities, um, either with my grandpa, who was a veterinarian, or my dad, who is a physician. He's a dermatologist. Um, so kind of had exposure to smaller areas mm -hmm. and exposure to medicine, whether it be by animals or by people. Um, so I kind of had medicine on my radar from being little um, in high school, um, thought about physical therapy. And then I went to school on the East Coast at Villanova, um, where I was still kind of thinking physical therapy or physician assistant, and then um, kind of transitioned during my junior year when I had a very strong encounter with medicine when I was mm. with my grandpa um, and he was on hospice at the time. And so when he got sent home on hospice, I was with him during his um, final moments. And it was a very um, like stark reality mm. of the life and death um, that you see, um, you know, all of us will see at some point, but also in medicine, like that beauty of being able to help someone through those very difficult times. And that can be seen in other um, aspects, not just being a physician, but it was that moment that I thought, okay, this is what I want to do is to be a physician who helps people um, through kind of the darker moments of life. Also like the joyful moments. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but that, that moment with my grandpa was how I decided on medicine. Um, even though I was exposed to it through my grandpa who was a vet or my dad who sure, was a physician, yeah. it was like, I needed my personal experience to then um, decide I want to be a doctor. That's a fascinating connection to a conversation we had with uh, mm. uh, Dean Dotson, okay. uh, the dean of our campus here. And she too had, and I think others have mentioned, mm -hmm. there's that life-changing mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for her, she mentioned it was the, the AIDS epidemic okay. that was you know, in the 80s and, and such okay. that really pushed her towards medicine. So it's interesting that you mm -hmm. too and others have that kind of similar theme of, oh, that is the moment that kind of turned, right. my, turned the tide of my of my career path, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. So, so you went so you're at Villanova, you yeah. had this life-changing experience, and you're saying, I want to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that then what was the next step after that? So I was a junior at that time and COVID actually hit. So grandpa passed away during the COVID pandemic, yeah. not because of COVID. Um, but then it kind of gave me more time because we were sent home. You know, we weren't doing our extracurricular activities to reflect more on, okay, how do I want to pivot so that I can go to medical school? So I needed to take a few different classes. Um, and then I knew I'd need a gap year so that I could take the MCAT. Okay. So I kind of adjusted my curriculum, finished out my senior year, and then took a gap year and moved back to South Dakota to Sioux Falls. So not to my hometown, but a different area hmm. and worked with um, Sanford Health and Regenerative Medicine. And then with Brown university virtually in research for long-term care oh, so fantastic. you'll kind of maybe find as i talk um geriatrics is really important to me through my grandpa right. and other sure, areas yeah, yeah. as a nursing assistant that's awesome so how do you think that prepared you then to get uh to mcw right mm -hmm. and then maybe one step back like when you got through that what direction did you want to take did you did you want to stay on a small campus did mm -hmm. you want to stay on a bigger campus but like well how did it prepare you to maybe make that decision I think the patient care that I had and either as a nursing assistant or with hospice patients um my gap year like all prepared me for wanting to be on a campus where I would have access to more like community-based um gotcha. 
organizations. So whether it be service through Special Olympics or through a hospice program, um, I really knew that I wanted to be on a community oriented campus um, that really focused on that. That was how Villanova was. We did service oh, um, great. just as part of our education. It was sure. who I was, right, right. Um, continuing into my gap year, even though I didn't need to, just being an adult. Um, and so that was like a big part of my boxes I wanted to check was somewhere that not only talked about it, but also like lived the service. Oh, fantastic. So mm -hmm. awesome. So now you end up at MCW mm -hmm. fall of last year. Um, tell us about that transition. Uh, you know, obviously, there's the basics of moving to a new community mm -hmm. and finding a place to live and right. stuff like that. How did that all go for you? So we were really lucky with our program that we started a little bit earlier before basic sciences. So okay. having to do or getting to do clinicals in the summer where we practiced um, like patient care and oh, nice. ears. Right. So that was really helpful because it didn't feel as strong. Like you're doing really hard sciences now and you need gotcha. to study for 12 hours a day. Um, so it was nice to ease into it. Of course, moving away from family and having to make new friends is always something that comes with transition. I was kind of used to it with going to the East Coast and then going sure. back to a different part of home and all around. Right. Um, but I think the transition went a lot better than I expected. Um, I was prepared really well with my undergraduate education. Oh, nice. um, and then we have such a good support here with faculty who kind of you know give you a heads up if this class is a class that you don't have a background in and you might need extra help in and they'll support you through it. So I knew that even when things were difficult starting out, there was always people or even classmates who would be there to help. That's awesome. So what I hear you saying is, okay, I have to move to this new community. Mm -hmm. Got to find this place to live and do all those, you know, basic life mm -hmm. things. And that was perhaps not as a stressful event mm -hmm. because what was happening at school, mm -hmm. being eased in, having the support system just made those other little things not so much of a big deal. So that's awesome. Definitely. I'm glad to hear that you had that support and that transition went a little smoother. So what uh, what did you experience in terms of your first year so far? Has it been one in which has lived up to your expectations and in, in terms of that community involvement, mm -hmm. things of that nature? Yeah, from a service standpoint, definitely. I think the uniqueness of our campus is you can decide what your path is going to be. So awesome. the research that I do, I can continue to do, or the service activities I like, I can find any ways here, which is something that I think is really awesome about a smaller campus is you get to decide how your path will go versus maybe a larger campus. You you know, there's so many people, so you can't individualize it as much. Gotcha. Um, so that has really lived up to my expectations. And then classes, of course, are hard. Um, that's just part of medical school. Yeah. But I think being able to stick to what study strategies helped in undergrad and not listening to maybe the noise of medical school in general. It's like you have to study this way or do that. Mm -hmm. And just focusing on what works best for me has worked really well. Oh, awesome. And, this, and I would assume you still have that support from the faculty. Yes. So that are all, if you're saying it's working, they're there to help you keep get that working. I think and, you've told me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. probably. You know, it's just uh, yeah, that's, that's that's I think it's the helpful nature of uh, the campus. I think I pick up on what you're saying too. For me personally as well, is that it's a very caring, giving place, mm -hmm. and um, I think that makes it a lot easier to to. Yeah, I don't quite know. Right. And ask those tough questions that at least feel tough internally, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. that sense you're supposed to kind of know everything, exactly. right? You're just so smart. But right. I think uh, yeah, that's great. And so that's that's awesome. And and so through this first year, uh, what you know, what are some successes and challenges that um, perhaps are part of being on a smaller campus um, compared to a larger, more urban situation? And, and again, maybe there isn't anything super, mm -hmm. but uh, 
challenging about it per se but just that it's something that is different right um, what have you noticed in terms of success and challenges throughout the year I think some challenges or differences have to do with specialties. So because we're in a smaller area, that's a common response from my yeah. classmates. You know, of course, you don't have exposure to some really big subspecialties that you would when you have a bigger class or you're in a city. But for me, who wants to do geriatrics, it doesn't quite matter as much because right. there's a lot of older adults um, within family practice. Or right. um, even though geriatrics is a subspecialty, it doesn't, you know, it does affect me in some ways mm -hmm. because I don't have a geriatrician to shadow. But at the same time, I'm blessed that I have that calling. So I'm not trying to find other subspecialties to um, shadow. Um, I think like research can be hard too, depending on if you really want to do research. Um, that might be hard to find the right fit. I think they're out there. Um, I had my research coming in, so I was able to continue that. I've had classmates who found it. Um, it's just a little bit harder because it's a smaller community. Sure. Um, but then the beauty of it too is if you do have research here, it's more community-based, which I like because yeah, it's yeah. in the community and you're seeing the impact and maybe more public health-based. Um, right, and I think we're pushing things in that direction to be more conscientious mm -hmm. of well, in education, we, we call it, you know, backwards design. Right. Where you, you start with the learning objective right. um, the, or the goal and, uh, of the course, so to speak. And in a similar way, what I've gained in understanding of the medical profession I hear you touching on is that it's about the patients. Let's start with right. that. Absolutely. And the patient is the community. So let's start with that and then work backwards mm -hmm. from there to design our approach to medicine. So I think that's a neat uh point you make in terms mm -hmm. of, of where things are heading and kind of even your own thinking maybe being ahead of the curve a little bit and what's been traditional practice sort of speak right. so that's cool that's that's awesome um so has there been something that's like a success that's you just like you're really proud of this year that something you know it's your maybe it's just getting through the year i don't i don't i, don't, I, don't. I think honestly balancing more than just school okay. um because it's it's really easy. Like the first block of exams, I just did school and did well on my exams, but it wasn't very fulfilling because, you know, with the pass-fail curriculum, you want to do well, but you also don't need to get a 95% on an right. exam. Um, it's good to know the material, but then kind of realizing at that point back in October, um, I want to do service and I want to be more involved in my community because that's what I care about more yeah. than getting a 95. So, right. so that success of like, continuing my research and doing and publishing and doing service and being involved and having good relationships with right. people has been good that's so uh, what do you think the campus has done to foster obviously you I mean you have the coursework so to speak um is there other things going on on the campus besides coursework that pushes you in mm -hmm. the community Right. We, uh, we definitely have faculty who stop by and kind of are those reminders of, you know, are you doing the things that you love and yeah, you know, okay. take care of your wellness? Um, but also just, I think, our organizations and just the students themselves who promote wellness um, and getting to that why of why did you go to medical school and why are you here? Trying to remind each other um, of kind of that deeper meaning of medicine versus getting in the rut of just studying and studying because we can e so easily do that. Uh, if we don't pay attention to where we're sitting emotionally. Indeed, and, it's, and I'm hearing a distinction between perhaps a larger campus and a smaller yeah. campus is that maybe you don't get lost in the in the group as right. much on a smaller campus um, and that there's this sense of uh, less peer pressure. I mean, you yeah. did recognize that there was this overarching, you know, study this way kind right, of right. pressure you can mm -hmm. feel. It's more about, hey, 
what are you doing mm -hmm. for yourself in terms of, right. of finding those things that work? And so to go back a little bit, you mentioned specialties. Mm -hmm. and, and I've heard that's too right. of smaller campus too. Have you experienced any members of your cohort who have struggled with that initially, but then through the process of being on a smaller campus, but, you know, wait, mm -hmm. I, I, on second thought, I think I'm going to go towards this direction, this specialty. Initially, you might, you know, we might think we want to do a specialty instead of primary care, and our campus is more primary care right. oriented, but then with the exposure in our family med um, clinical apprenticeship, or people will kind of shift back to, oh, this is actually kind of why I applied to begin with and right. maybe that's what I want to do and I at the other hand too is if they haven't been able to find specialty rotations or something our faculty have been so good already I can see in the first year of my classmates who are already shadowing gastroenterologists or right. um, ophthalmologists and that's I mean really good for first year students to already be shadowing those yeah patients. indeed indeed so do you see yourself staying as a rural doc then yeah, I think in some ways, at least, um, you know, at some point in my career, I really do like the, I guess, education system, too. So wanting to be at some point at a university to do some research, oh, too, um, because I like, like I said, geriatrics and long-term care innovation. So how can we um, kind of pivot our long-term care system to take better care of our older adults um, and focus on their quality of life? And, and your story uh, tells me that you like to travel mm -hmm. to some degree, right? Obviously, picking up from South, South Dakota right? and then moving right. to, to the East Coast. Uh, I might too did something similar moving from Wisconsin to the East Coast. And uh, so, you know, sometimes when people come to rural areas, sure. all the amenities aren't necessarily right, right. Uh, the same or, or available per se. Um, is there anything that you would say to the audience in terms of, well, you might not have a shopping mall here, but, <laughs> but there's, I, I mean. Absolutely. So, I mean, you don't have, you can drive to Minneapolis three hours and go shopping. But to me, like the simplicity of the outdoors is enough. Like I, I like to go um, hike and I got a mountain bike when I got here and oh, nice. became more outdoorsy. Um, right. I've always liked outdoors, but I almost think even if you're not an outdoorsy person, you can kind of become one in a smaller area because you realize like the beauty of what's around you. Yeah, right, exactly. And that's a profound statement too. I think we in the current institute talk about character development mm -hmm. and how that relates to being a wise physician. Um, we use the term practical wisdom to think about what's the right thing to do at the right time for the right reason. And so I think one, that point about seeing the beauty, mm -hmm. right? Like you can get wrapped up Right. And oh, I should be able to access all of this because mm -hmm. everyone else is accessing it. However, they could be saying the same thing too, right? Like, oh, we don't have Ski Hill, mm -hmm. you know, right. five minutes away, or we don't have the Eau Claire Dells mm -hmm. half or 20 minutes away kind of thing. So, yeah, that's a, definitely a way of uh, I think keeping things in, in, in perspective, mm -hmm. right? When you're, when you're in the kind of situation. So, yeah, that's that's it's amazing stuff. Do, do, what do you uh, did you get any reactions from friends or family when you decided to come to a smaller campus like this? Yeah, people don't know where Wasa is. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm used to. Well, that's the point of like, this, I'm right? We're trying to get ourselves out there, right? When I went to Villanova, people were like, you know, where is that or what is South Dakota? I thought they were South Dakota, North Dakota, or just the Dakotas. So I'm kind of used <laughs> to that response, but 
Um, I think it made sense to my family and then friends once I explained to them the focus of the campus and the community orientation, because um, they all know that's what kind of drives is being involved in the community. Yeah. So um, it made sense. Maybe to people who are strangers, I'm bouncing all around, but it makes sense to people close to me. Right. And so again, you're touching on this topic I've been working on with uh, understanding how we find meaning through relationships. Mm -hmm. And it really sounds like you find a lot of meaning through yeah. relationships. Um, you know, mentioned your grandfather. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that had a big impact on your life. Um, so have you run across or developed a relationship with someone in the Wausau community or with uh, that's like yeah really stuck um I would say already so Special Olympics has been something I've done for the last six years of my life um so I already got involved with the Wausau Metro Special Olympics so yeah. I will go and help with bocce practice or bowling every week and just get oh, to know the athletes so it's not one person in particular but that like group of individuals and then also the Wasa free clinic so that's where my pathways project is okay um so there's um different people there who run the clinic who I can go every Thursday and work on my project there on advanced care planning so just getting to know them and then right. also just that demographic that I'm not familiar with has been a really good experience how's your bowling score uh not good <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but bowling's a very popular thing in, in, in central Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, my athletes are much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I need the rails. Yeah, <laughs> I found over the years the rails are, are beneficial, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. So, uh, so you know, as we're kind of coming to the conclusion of our conversation here, a lot of beautiful story. Uh, you know, what are some take home messages you maybe want the audience to know about being a student on a small, more rural campus? Is there a couple takeaways you think you could? I think the, there's two things that come to mind are the relationships and then the individuality of a small okay. campus. So I think the relationships and that you have such a great opportunity to get to know your faculty and staff. So if you need help on um, homework exams, but also just in a different way of getting to know them, like we talked about relationships yeah. um, and you know, having mentors who help guide you through this very difficult process to becoming a physician someday. It's very far away. But, yeah, yeah. Um, they kind of help remind you of what's important. And then the relationships with um, your friends and your classmates and who will later be your colleagues, um, yeah. I think are a lot closer on a smaller campus um, than a bigger campus. And then, like I said, that individuality where you can decide more, I think, on a smaller campus of how you want your trajectory to go. So, you know, faculty know here that I love geriatrics and will help me, you know, they'll send me emails about things and they'll connect oh, me with awesome. people. Um, so I think there's the ability for that more because there's less of you. So you get a little bit more attention. Um, and also there's more flexibility, I think, too, to pursue those passions. So I, in August, which was right after our summer clinic, yeah. um, was already in a family medicine clinic every week. So getting to see patients is really important, too, because you're developing relationships and yeah. learning more and adding to your medical knowledge. So do you, do you find that as a bit of a reprieve? Absolutely. Okay. Yes, I love clinic. <laughs> it's so good. And we have mostly geriatric patients, so I'm reminded of, okay, this is what you're doing or why you're doing this right. it's worth the um study break for sure i would imagine some aha moments absolutely you yeah. connect class too which is yeah. really neat when you're learning about you know respiratory physiology and someone comes in with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease like it's really neat when you yeah. connect the dot so relationships uh being able to have more of an individual mm -hmm. uh approach 
do your schooling um, are kind of take home messages that uh, are, are awesome messages, I think, for, for the audience. So thank you so much for the time today, yeah. Grace. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was great to talk to you.